Welcome to Word on the Way, Church of the Cross's daily reading podcast. COTC is an Anglican church in and for Northeast Dawson, rooted in Scripture, guided by ancient practices, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. The next few minutes will feature a reading of Scripture appointed for today, a short reflection on it from a member of our community, and prayer informed by the passage. Our hope is that in these moments you will encounter Jesus, the Living Word. This is Nick Kamiski from Church of the Cross. And I'm Remargo Yancey from Grace Meridian Hill in Washington, D.C. And our reading today is Exodus 31. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I filled him with the Spirit of God with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed Aholiab, son of Ahizamak, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. The tent of meeting, the ark of the covenant law with the atonement cover on it, and all the other furnishings of the tent, the table and its articles, the pure gold lampstand and all its accessories, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering and all its utensils, the basin with its stand, and also the woven garments, both the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests, and the anointing oil and fragrant incense for the holy place. They are to make them just as I commanded you. And the Lord said to Moses, you are to speak to the people of Israel and say, above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths. For this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you, You shall keep the Sabbath, because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Therefore, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And he gave to Moses, when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. This is the word of God. Yeah, thanks, man. That's great. Yeah, we got to know each other in the Fuller cohort that uh, actually our church did last year. We did it in 2018, 2019, and I definitely saw your shepherd's heart, your pastoral authority, and I am sure you are a great addition to the team and that your church thrives under your leadership. Um, all right, well, let's, uh, let's jump into the passage. Exodus 31, I 
did not choose this passage because I like to pronounce Hebrew names poorly. <laughs> I chose this passage because it says a couple of really interesting things. One about the theology of work and mm-hmm. one about the Sabbath. Um, but before we jump in, let me just set this passage within the wider book as a whole, because it can be mm-hmm. kind of confusing. The book of Exodus, of course, is a very familiar book to us because of the Exodus, when the Israelites were oppressed and enslaved, and God freed them through Moses. But that only takes up the first 12 chapters of the book. Uh, and then chapters 13 through 18 is a lot of very famous instances as well. We have the crossing of the Red Sea, and then quail and manna in the wilderness, the water from the rock. Um, but the latter half of the book of Exodus, starting in chapter 19, is about the law. Uh, chapter 19 through 24, for instance, God gives them the law. And then in chapters 25 through 30, God gives them very detailed instructions about how to build the tabernacle, this mobile sanctuary that enabled the presence of God to accompany the children of Israel through their journey. And then here in Exodus 31, God, uh, in the first half of this chapter, describes the anointing, the, the gift of the mm-hmm. spirit that he gives to Bezalel and Aholiab to equip them to build the tabernacle. Now, um, Yancey, you're, you know more about the Bible than I do. I'm, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But um, just with that context in mind, I would just love to hear you as a pastor in D.C. You pastor people for whom work is definitional. Mm-hmm. Their life is about their career and the good that they do for the world. So how have you navigated pastoring people who work is so important? Any just thoughts in general about a theology of work and how you, how you think through these topics? Absolutely, Nick. I, I would love to speak to that. Uh, one thing that I think about is how hard the people do work, you know, that are part of our congregation. A lot of people flock here because they want to make a change in society and quite frankly, in the world. And what I love is that we have believers and non-believers flocking to D.C. to do that. So there's a there's a moral sense of uh, doing good, God's common grace. But for those who are uh, children of God, those who believers that come here, they come with a particular biblical uh, mindset and they want that to be nurtured. You know, they want to know that what they're doing is, is for the glory of God and for the kingdom of God. And as they work hard uh, with, you know, being policy or uh, some uh, nonprofit, uh, one of the reasons they come to church from week to week, because they are hungry for the gospel, for something to fuel them, you know, as they go back and, and do that work. And then for a, a biblical perspective on how to see the world, you know, because a big thing in our in the life of our church is, is prayer or coming around the word and understanding what God is saying about principles of life and also to be refreshed through fellowship. And so folks in the life of our church are, are able to go deep uh, within the word of God and they fellowship with one another so that they are revived after being out, you know, working. But one thing that I, I encourage people towards is to see their work as an extension of their ministry, uh, of their calling to Christ. Because as they go out there and work uh, eight hours a day, they're having an impact to be sought in light in in the midst of their colleagues. Uh, Not only what they're doing matters, but who they are matters and how they are being with people in their workplace matters. And so I, I try to encourage people to have this perspective that there is not a division between what you do here uh, 
to volunteer in the life of our church with how you're working out there. You know, all of it is under the gaze of the Lord and to mm-hmm. be, and needs to be done with the perspective of, Hey, I'm, I'm Jesus is with me here and I'm moving out by the power of the spirit. As we see from the text, yeah, God right. had, you know, endowed them with the spirit for a particular purpose and I think it's no different from those who have a relationship with Jesus and who have the Holy Spirit wherever they go. The thing about um, these two gentlemen and these workers is that God placed the spirit upon them for a, a period of time, but then, you know, took the spirit off, you know. But for us who go out and work, whether it be with our hands or with our pen, the spirit is with us everywhere we go and in yeah, all that what we do. And so uh, those are some of the things that we try to encourage, um, you know, in terms of having a, how to, how to merge faith and works together. I don't think we have to work hard at it. it I think it's more of a saying that this is an overflow um, in terms of how Christ is active, how I'm believing the gospel and what I believe he's doing in the world already, you know, through me and, and how he's calling me to be uh, salt and light. Uh, before others and and in the creativity that I bring to my work. I love that. I love that idea that, you know, how much more do we have the spirit? You know, God did that for Bezalel and Aholiab, but we have that much more as followers of Jesus. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, man. Well, let's, let's pivot and talk a little bit about Sabbath. So you are a uh, pastor, you are a counselor, and you're doing that in a city that moves at a, a breakneck pace. Uh, but you're also a father. We were talking before the re- recording uh, about uh, you re- welcomed a new child into your family, you and your wife. So you have four kids. So I'm sure rest and the priority of rest is something you've thought and maybe lamented. Uh, and so I'd love for you and as your own personal life, but also as a mental health professional and as a pastor, how, how you've seen rest or the lack thereof play out uh, in, in your life. Yeah, I appreciate that question, particularly, you know, as we think about mental health and spiritual health, uh, really emotional health and spiritual health and physical health too, right? Um, one thing I, I think about is that, man, life, there are so many great things about life that we can give our time to. You know, we think about our hobbies and how we love to go and do things, uh, maybe it's outdoors or indoors. Uh, we always try to carve out time to, to do the things that we love. And then there are times where we think about uh, our our work per se, and and think about man, this is some, this is a project I want to be on. I want to uh, burn the midnight oil on this, you know. And so it's like because of the goodness of what we have in life, I think that's when people begin to say, I don't have enough time in a day to do all that I want to do. <laughs> totally, yeah. it's like it's like having that cherry pie or having that dessert it's like i want all of it and god in his wisdom gave us limitations he gave us limitations because we're not meant to do this alone we're meant to do things in community and within their times and seasons well there's a time and season for rest and god built that right into the fabric of the world, you know, that he would give his people this gift, yeah. something that he delighted in and enjoyed. And, and as the text says, was refreshed by, you know, after he did his work, he, he was refreshed by stopping, you know, and observing the work that he had done. And for God, of course, it's beautiful, right? And I think in a similar way, from week to week, we can stop. We can say, okay, I can lay down the work because 
God cares about me. He's given me a day to set aside so that I can just lay it down, reflect on his goodness, and be recharged by him. Another way of looking at it, too, is God is so good to us that he has given us good works to do. And so now when it comes down to this holy day that he set apart for our mental health, for our spiritual health, uh, for our physical health, it's like, man, he, he wants to bring satisfaction and healing through that day. And so what I find is people want to continue on because of the good things that they have in their lives. They don't realize their limitations. But when you come to scripture, you know, God kept saying over and over again, this is the Sabbath day I given to you. You know, when he repeats things like yeah, two or three times, good, yeah, it's meaningful. And, uh, and he did that in the passage. And so God is really saying that he cares for us to give us a day to set aside a day that he has marked out as holy, uh, not to stop us from doing the good things that, that, that we love to do, but to remember, you know, the one who's giving you these good things. He, he's not going to stop being gracious to you. Uh, and so this is one way that he is gracious to you by giving you a sacred day set apart so that you can recharge, so that you can recharge in the gospel, so that you can lay it down and realize your limitations, which is a good thing, and trust in him all the more uh, to pick up the pace when Monday starts or whenever your Sabbath day is, the next day, when the next day starts. Man, that's awesome. Preach. Um, <laughs> that's cool, man. All right. Well, dude, thank you again. I think your insights on work and on rest were uh, invaluable. Would you uh, pray for us to close us out? Absolutely. Love to. Jesus, you see us. You see that we are people who are in need of your grace. Lord, we are limited. And sometimes we don't like those limitations. We want to grasp for control but you put your spirit in our hearts that we may be led into the truth, uh, led by your grace and know that we are loved. God, we are loved in our work that you've given us, that you prepared in advance for us to do. We're loved in the Sabbath day that you have set apart as holy. And so it's fitting that this day will be for holy people. And so Jesus, I pray that we can take this to heart and humble ourselves before you. Thank you for Nick and thank you for, uh, uh, our brothers and sisters in this church, God, who look to you. And God, I pray that you will use this podcast, um, th this word that we've been able to bring today for the good of your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Check out cotcaustin.org to learn more about our community or to connect with us further. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.